it's really about expressing the client's personality. It's about bringing forward what it is they want to say to the world. Welcome to Talk Design, the show where creatives have conversations. I'm Adrian Ramsey and I'm your host. Having lived a life of design myself, I wanted to share with you the creatives that inspire me and in turn may inspire you. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoy. My guest today on Talk Design is Pete Trimble. Pete is a guy who makes amazing bespoke clothes. Now, he's a bespoke clothier. Now, I know that's a mouthful, but I'll get Pete to explain what that is. Before I do that, I'd like to welcome you to the show, Pete, and just tell people um, how I met you. I, I was at a function and uh, with my wife there, and anyway, we were sort of in the back of the room, and um, this incredibly sharply dressed guy walks in, and um, my wife nudged me and said, check out what he's wearing, and I went, yeah, that's cool, like, that's good, I'm being an ex-clothes designer, I love clothes, and I noticed how he had his sleeves rolled up, and I went, how the hell do you do that, there's a trick to that, I've never bothered looking it up, but there's a trick to how he had his sleeves rolled up, and uh, anyway, and then I was standing around having a drink and stuff, and my wife went to the bar, and Pete happened to be at the bar, and he said, and she said to him, could you tell my husband how to roll his sleeves up like that? And so that was how our relationship started. So Pete, thank you for being on Talk Design. Hugely appreciate it. Um, tell me, a bespoke clothier, tell me about that. Uh, good morning, Adrian. Thank you very much for the opportunity to be here. Um, bespoke clothier is a title I've given myself because what I do is make clothes that are bespoke. They are made exactly the way that the client wants them to be made. It's really about expressing the client's personality. It's about bringing forward what it is they want to say to the world. I like to make, a, let's call it a statement piece. Yep. So you make a statement with the clothing that you wear and instead of having to pick off a rack and you've got A, B, C or D statements that you can make, you come to me, we talk about what you want to say to the world and we create exactly that. I love that. So that's what a bespoke clothier is and that's what I do. Do you know that that's such a, a wonderful thing because what you have to do is learn your person and something yeah. that we do in designing a house, uh, a bespoke or a custom home, is we learn the person. It's so critical yeah. to learn the person. When we learn the person, then we can actually create something that is really individual to them you know something that's really yep. special and that's the i suppose the value and we're telling a story through structure you're telling a mm -hmm. story through clothing our exactly. story doesn't travel your story does and i yes. love the fact that your story travels like that yeah so but i had i had one recently a, a, a fellow was uh, his wife asked for a shirt she's canadian so she sends me a Canadian penny to include in the shirt somewhere. Go on, tell me how you so, did that. So <laughs> also also one of his nicknames for her is Pockets. So she requested little tiny Pockets 
and hidden extra pockets to be sewn into this shirt. And so one of them I made a little little tiny pocket and then I sewed the Canadian penny into the pocket with a little bit of it peeking out the top so you could still see it, but it's secure enough that you can put it in the wash and the penny's going to stay there. But there's you you can't buy that. No, well, you can, but from you. (laughs) Exactly. You can't buy that off the shelf. And And so by knowing that client, by spending the time to get to know that that woman and that and her husband, he didn't know about this. It was a no, Christmas present. Yeah. By spending the time to get to know them, it meant that I was able to include that. I was able to have that conversation about special things. She came to me about a shirt. Yep. And it then grew and and grew and grew by my suggestion that other things are available and that I can do other things. And then we came up with that. I love it. And it's brilliant. And he loves it. And it sits there. He can wear this shirt and he's got a Canadian penny right underneath the second button on the over his heart. There's my Canadian penny. <laughs> I love that as well. It's Canadian penny over his heart. It, it reminds me of like the penny loafer story, you know, the, the shoe. And um, it's got like the cutout on the front of it because it's a loafer. And you stick like usually an American one, one penny in there. Um, yeah. Yeah, that kind of thing. I, I love that little idea of that i had a friend years ago who was um a, a born in england but had lived most of his life in america and he used to have a uh, an english penny in one side of his loafer and a um american penny on the other side of his loafer on one no. of each book yeah again no. just just and one of those things that you would never know it would just happen to be we were talking and yeah. he told me what a, he, he described to me what a penny loafer was probably so he could reveal what he'd done but all the same it's like those things are just they weave magic they weave magic mm-hmm. for the wearer um and that's and that's what it's about right so your yeah. your friend with his pennies in his loafers nobody else needs to know that's it he, he's not wearing that statement for anybody else yeah yeah and it's the same with this shirt that I made um, I made for Tom he knows that that penny is there. Yeah, and his wife. And his wife, yeah. right? And you. Is- and now about yeah. another ten thousand people when they listen to yeah. this. <laughs> but the the point is, he, he's not walking around with a t shirt that says "My wife's Canadian." That's it. That's it. That's the it's difference. It's for him. Yeah. That's what it's for. It's him. It's not about somebody else. It's not somebody else's story. It's his story. So. So with that, tell me how you, um, the, the kind of steps to learning the story and and then segue from that into what you do with heirloom um, bespoke clothing because that's, again, something incredibly special. But start with how do, you, how do you find your way into somebody's personality to start to add that? twist to what you're going to deliver to them i have a conversation that's really what it comes down to i have been a very social and gregarious person my entire life yep um i love meeting people and talking to people there's always something to learn there's always a new experience to be had and by 
by just beginning that conversation and opening yourself up and showing that vulnerability, then other people do that as well, then you can learn more things. But because I know where this converse, where I want this conversation to go. Yep. So it's not like a conversation when you're out on a first date with somebody. It's not like a conversation when you're having a job interview. It's not like a conversation when you're meeting a friend in the surf. The purpose of this conversation is for me to make a piece of clothing for that yes. person. Yes. So, so I know where the conversation wants to go, but I keep that all inside my head. I don't direct the conversation in that way, but I'm constantly thinking, how can I tie that part of this person's story into a piece of clothing that they're making, that I'm going to make yep. for them? Yep. So recently I met with a client um, about uh, making him a shirt and another one for his twin brother. And, um, and, and as we started this conversation, I learned more about him. I asked about his last name. He said it's got Dutch heritage, sort of stored that away there. Mm-hmm. We were looking through some shirts that I took to show him and one of the fabrics that I'd used is made in the Netherlands. It's a Dutch fabric. And I said, oh, maybe, maybe this this brand of fabric will be one for you because it's got that Dutch heritage. And then I mentioned that it's printed in the Baltic style, which is Indonesian. Sure. And that he's come back and said, well, his father spent World War II in Indonesia before he emigrated to Australia. And I'm done. Done. Like, that's yeah. it. Done. That's, you know, that's you know the story for that piece of clothing for that. Exactly. Event. Yeah. So we, haven't, we haven't yet chosen the color of the fabric, um, but what we know is we're picking from that, brand of fabric because it's got the Dutch and the Indonesian style in there and now it's going to be made in Australia. So it's it's by by having that conversation, but my mind is constantly thinking, what can I tie in? Absolutely. I I, when when I'm doing it for you know houses um or interiors, start with the structure of a house though. I'm trying to weave um, pieces of the past into that of things that feel good for them into yeah. how we might structure the house now we've you know there's a, a certain amount of things that we know that we're going to do but I'm just fishing for oddball stories um, yep. travel adventures um, yep. family adventures memories of their grandparents anything that that lights them up and I spend all this time sort of chatting with them and I yep. just watch to see when their eyes sparkle especially women yeah. women's eyes sparkle more than men's um but their eyes will suddenly just light up and when that yep. happens I put myself a mental hook and then mm-hmm. I go back to it and I might say to them I was talking to you before about data tell me a story about that and then they will tell me yeah. a story about it and then I've got I go okay I don't try and at that point decide how it's going to be I just bank it in their file in my head and then when Mm -hmm. I start drawing I start opening the bank and looking through what we've put in it Um, and it's a very similar process to what you're doing so now yeah yeah and I suppose with my what I then design is is my bespoke heirlooms and that's where I specifically use something that's sentimental to that person so another piece of clothing previous piece of yeah. clothing or is it always another yeah. piece of clothing or is it something else doesn't, doesn't have to be doesn't have to be so currently i've got a job here on the shelf um is a fellow's dad's police hat so this this 
this chap Adam, um, his father passed away when Adam was quite young. He was still a boy. Yep. And um, his dad was a policeman. And so he's had his dad's police hat for 30 or 40 years on the shelf, in boxes, in drawers. Yep. It's, you know, and, and the question that, the question that I like to ask people with those things is what's the point in having that in a box? What's the point in storing it away in a cupboard when it can be part of part of your everyday? It can be part of your going out clothes. It can be part of a special occasion. You might have a wedding coming up that you're attending and you think, well, look, grandma's not with us anymore. Yeah. But we've got this this old tablecloth of grandma's. Yeah. So what we then do is through that conversation, what is it that this what does this mean to you? How does this relate? What do you want? What do you feel comfortable wearing? We ma- I then mash all of that together and I produce something. Recently I made um four little bow ties for young boys who were part of a wedding party. Yeah. And it was the their great grandfather's shirt. So they, the boy's great grandfather wasn't there. He died a few years ago, mm-hmm. but but the 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 bride and groom wanted the great grandfather included in the wedding, and so they gave me the shirt. I turned it into four bow ties, and then you know put a little button on the front of the bow ties, so it sure. was obvious that it was a shirt. That sort of stuff. But it's that made it sentimental that made it special yeah absolutely so tell me some of the crazy ones you've done what's probably the most out there and um and Um, and, and the most unusual and if there's any been any request you've ever had to turn down there there hasn't there hasn't been any requests that i've turned down because there's always something that we can do yep you know so so it i mean it, it began when um it was actually a friend of mine she damaged her top on an iron, she had an old an old favourite top that she was wearing all the time, and she damaged it on the iron right in the front. Couldn't wear it anymore, ruined. Mm-hmm. And then she was going to throw it in the bin, and I said, "No, just just leave it here. Let my mind tick over a little." And um, she lives in Melbourne, and so I it's cold in winter, and so I made her a little woolen like newsboy hat, you know, to cool. wear in winter. Yeah, but I lined it with her, her old top, her old shirt. <laughs> And so, and so, you know, there's always something that you can do, you know. And um, what else have we done? I had a fellow, you know, he had old blazers, like um, sport coats of his dad's. Yeah. Never going to wear them, wrong size, wrong style, wrong era, the whole thing. And um, so he gave me one of those and I turned it into a waistcoat that he wears to his gigs. He's a musician and it, and it suits his gigs a lot more to do that. Yeah. You know, I think the challenge with this police hat that I've got is we're actually thinking about using the brim of the police hat and making buttons oh. for the shirt. Cool. You know, which, which will be, again, it's just it's different design, it's different creation, yep. but it's got that special element. Do you, do you know years ago when I was in the in the clothing trade, um, I came across a company that made buttons out of old vinyl records, and yeah, um, yeah and uh, this was years ago, and again a very bespoke, and it was just yeah. such a cool thing. Like it was, you know, like again that sort of thing. If you had a forty five or something, and you. Um, nowadays it'd be easy. Well, I don't even know how they did it, but you'd laser cut them out and yeah. uh, and you'd get your buttons. But that um, that's so neat, you know, to to bring a part of it in that way. And yeah. 
yeah, I remember that also years ago, it was a company that this um, lady in New York had where she mm. made um, denim jackets mm. and they weren't too flashy. Some of them were fairly flashy, but they weren't super flashy. But what yeah. she did was she lined the jacket with a Hermes or a Chanel or whatever scarf. So, oh, you, yeah. so you might have had a you know $5,000 lining in your yeah. denim jacket. Denim jacket, that's perfect. <laughs> and I go, all the value of the jacket was the the dollar value was in the lining. Um, well, well, that's 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 a key distinction I feel between cost and value. Yes, you you Tell can us ask about somebody, that. Well, well, you can you can have a garment, anything. It doesn't matter. Like I've got a I've got a gorgeous old tandem bicycle underneath my house that I love yep. riding around on with my girlfriend. And and but it's the same with a piece of clothing that you can make, right? Like the shirt that I made for for Tom with the Canadian penny in it. I can put a dollar value on that shirt. There's materials. There's my time. There's sure. threads. There's needles. You know. All of that, right? I can put a dollar value on that, but 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 that that cost of that shirt to to me and to him or his wife is completely yep. different to the value. So yes. now that, now that that shirt is part of his wardrobe, the story that he can already tell with that shirt, the fact that his wife ordered it for Christmas, the fact that it's got the penny, it's got the hidden pockets. It's got all of those elements that are part of the story. The value to him is so much higher than the cost his wife paid. I love that, um, you know, the, the equation between cost and value. We will end up in, in the design space with somebody asking for something that is just a folly, crazy, you know. Mm -hmm. It might be $100,000 crazy. It might be $200,000 crazy. It doesn't really matter. Yes. It might be a fifty dollar crazy um but it delivers a value to them yeah that is worth every cent of the money that mm -hmm. they've chosen to spend and that's what makes something bespoke or custom yeah. Yeah. to them yeah to them you know it's like with the shirt you're never going to wear tom's shirt nope nope and it's all about tom i'm never going to live in the houses i design no they're not mine so no. it's not my journey. It's my journey to design it with the client, but it's not my journey to wear it or live in it or do any of those items. And so that really, that empathetic journey that it takes to understand what is valuable to them mm. and how to bring, how to throw that value, you know, enhance it, throw it up, like bring it up and, and create something is just beautiful. Yeah. Really, really yeah. beautiful. Definitely. Um, tell me with... This how many how many items do you do that would be women's versus men's? Like what's your percentage? The the vast majority of what I do is menswear. Um cool. it's I feel that I feel that menswear is it, it's a it's a much less flooded market. Mm -hmm. Um there's there's a lot of opportunities for women to wear a local designer or a, a unique designer or something yep. like that. You know, there's, there's a, I mean, I live in Coolum, Coolum, Perigian, Noosa, all of this strip up the Sunshine Coast here. It, it's it's full of design, you know, beachwear, designer beachwear, things yes. like that. You can go in and you can and you can pay a premium to have a local designer, you know, for, for women's wear. 
So menswear, there, there's a lot less of that. There are some opportunities, but there's a lot less of that. Right. And so I, I enjoy being part of that, part yep. of that community, providing those things for men. Um, it also comes down to the simple element of practice. I have spent a lot, I've spent years making clothes for myself and for family and friends sure. um, that have been menswear. And so I'm just more practiced at it. And so, you know, that's that's what I tend to focus on. Um, I'm, I've made women's wear. I've designed women's sure. wear. Yep. Um, again, one-off bespoke pieces. Of course, yeah. Um, and and it just depends on what on what women are after as well. You know, I'm I'm not going to shy away from any work. Um, it just might need a little bit more practice or a, an extra an extra trial garment or something like that. Sure, uh, I've got a, a fabulous friend. She's on the podcast as well, um, called Danielle Power Silk, and she just does high end women's um, yep. uh, bespoke clothing, bespoke yep. clothing, and. Um, yeah, she deals with people all around the world. Uh, she's based in New Zealand and, uh, you know, she from time to time has had things on the catwalk and fashion week and stuff like that as well and, you know, yeah. been written up in Vogue and things like that. But she's a very, very clever lady and, again, has a, a, a beautiful niche market and, yeah, focuses on woman wear and women's wear. And I love the fact that you put, you know, your biggest piece of focus is on men's wear because – menswear and no disrespect to where we live because i live on the sunshine coast as well it's a very um casual environment we live in yes. and being able to even just transition from this environment to say brisbane um mm -hmm. is, a, is a jump pretty yeah. much if you go north you don't have to you you don't have to do much to go you know to to change it up you're more likely to change it down but exactly. if you go south and you're in Sydney or Melbourne or Adelaide or yeah. even Perth, um, those kind of places, then that's city, more city, and I would say somewhat more sophisticated. Mm -hmm. Maybe maybe the people aren't, but mm. the way they dress is, the way they present themselves. And yeah. one of the things that when you know my wife gave me the nudge and said, check out how you were dressed, was... You were casually dressed, but sharply dressed. Yeah, thank you. Like, you know, very just sharply dressed. And you stood out, but you didn't stand out like, you know, like you'd come yeah. in a clown suit. Yeah. You, ca you yeah. came well curated, I would say, which was really, really cool. I liked that. Thank you. It, well, see, I, I, lived in, I lived in Melbourne, in inner city Melbourne, for, for quite a few years. Yeah. Um, and... I suppose that was where I sort of refined my my personal style, style yeah. and what I what I feel is is well dressed um, and but yet still casual and comfortable. Um, I think I think the, the thing that stands out for me being here on the Sunshine Coast is I, I know it's it's not Melbourne and I don't I don't want it to be. The part of the reason I love it here is that it isn't inner yes. city Melbourne and it doesn't have that pressure and expectation and all of those things, but. I feel that the the something I suppose saddens me, for want of a better term, is when you see a couple going out to a restaurant on a Friday night, and mm -hmm. she's put a nice dress and a pair of heels on, and he's got his board shorts and his bintang mm -hmm. singlet. Yeah, yeah, and we do see that here. And I go, yeah. I go the same. Like, 
I very much go it it's it's an occasion still. It it's is. an event. Um yes. and have fun with it and confidence with it's probably the other thing. And dress yeah. for it. You know, and one of the things that I think you probably naturally attract is um, men that have more confidence, but you yeah. give them the ability to carry a story with them that yeah. creates confidence. Yeah. It creates that confidence and they're not being a peacock or anything else. They've mm. just got that underlying thing. Um, mm. One of the things I'd love you to give us is some tips on, well, actually, before we do that, before yep. we do that, um, I know that you make anything from jeans to jackets to, you know, um, pretty much any item of clothing. Pretty much. A lot of shirts, though, correct? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So shirts would be a, your kind of mainstay. Yes. Um, tell me about, you know, doing whole outfits. Tell me a bit about that. And, and otherwise you're working with what maybe is else in their wardrobe. And that's why shirts are such a dynamic item. They can, you know, cross over yeah. different spaces. But tell me yeah. about when you do like, you know, the, the whole outfit kind of idea. Um, a whole outfit, it's what, what I like to do with an outfit if it's made for a particular event. So say you've got somebody, you've got a groom, right? Yep. And then let we've got we've got this particular event and yeah okay let's make clothes that are, are usable in other things uh -huh. you know let's 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 make a, a an outfit that you can then wear the shirt at another time or wear the waistcoat at another time or something like that but i'm under no illusions that when you make an outfit for a groom it's for that day that's yes. that's what we're focused on and then and then you can really have some fun with what, what I like to have fun with is the hints and the suggestions that put it together. So it doesn't necessarily have to be exactly a matching outfit. So the, the fabric that I use in the waistcoat doesn't have to be exactly the same as the fabric that I use in the pants. Gotcha. Yep. Because there can, be, there can be things about either of them that suggests they go together. It gives a hint that this goes with that. So it might be, for instance, that the the welts on the pockets of the waistcoat are a different colour, and those yeah. that the colour of those welts is the same as the colour of the welts on the pants. Gotcha. So you could have you could have a green waistcoat and a grey pair of pants, but yeah. then you can have bright blue welts on both of them. Gotcha. Through. Gotcha. So just and then that same bright blue can come back in the shirt somewhere. It could be inside the collar facing. So you've got little bits that go together that as that create a story. Exactly, as opposed to having and all of those little bits, for instance, could be grandma's old tablecloth. Right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nana's Nana's right there with you. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But the the the, the point is, you you see a. a Bog standard three piece suit or a two piece suit that you can yep. buy off the rack for a few hundred dollars, and yes, they're cut from exactly the same cloth. The linings are all exactly the same. Yeah. The, the the features that, are all that exactly production, the same. man. That production, the production line. They're banged out of there with yep. no love and no care. And yes, yep. it will fit you just fine, and you will look good. Yep, done. 
but there's no story in that. There's no you in that. There's no Mm -hmm. personality in that. You've picked that statement, like I was saying earlier, you've picked that statement off a rack. Yep. That's the statement I want to make as opposed to having a conversation and saying this is the statement I want to make. And it might be that you want to have that bright green waistcoat that doesn't doesn't sit quietly amongst the pants and the jacket, that it makes that brown. That that could be your personality, that that's where you want to be. And then just as equally you could have a personality that pairs that all back, but the lining in the waistcoat could be another whole story that nobody would know that exists. It's like the penny. Yeah. Exactly. It's like, yeah, it's just for you. So yeah. I think, yeah, with the with the whole outfit, again, it's it's what it's what individually the client wants. If you want a plain beige with a plain beige on the inside, that's fine. We'll do that. But if you want to put a little hint of something else that that ties them together, that really um those little hints are what I like to do. That little bit that it it doesn't stand out. It doesn't smack the viewer in the face and yeah. say, "Here it is." It's <clears throat> it's after ten minutes of conversation with somebody at the bar that they say, "Hey, I've just noticed." Yeah. And then, oh, so glad you have. Let me tell you about that. Yeah, exactly. That's so good. That's so good. Yo, I I've um. A bit of a movie fan and one of my favorite movies last year might have even been the year before i think it was last year was the gentleman with matthew mcconaughey and um it had some amazing clothing in it um just just really amazing clothing in all shapes and sizes of of what different people wore i don't know whether you've seen the movie but um Matthew in the movie is um, he's living in England and he's dressed in tweed and all yeah. those kinds of things. And sometimes he's, well, he's always dressed in something. And uh, I really enjoyed that sort of, he of course is a, you know, a sly bad character. Um, mm-hmm. But in that, yeah, the, 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 the dressing of it was all subtle, but just yeah. incredibly well done. And when I say all subtle, that was on his part. On some of the other parts, um, it wasn't all subtle at all. And uh, I I love it when you see, a, I suppose, a landmark movie like that, that then you watch where it comes through in fashion, in the greatest sense of fashion. And then, you know, how does it get woven into the fabric of our society at that point that it's acceptable or whatever? Um, I was going to ask you before, Mm -hmm. three tips, or you can give me more if you like. Um, Yeah. On, you could start maybe with um, either either just dressing or even grooming and dressing in the sense of you know men's grooming and dressing and um, how they how how a man can just give himself a bit of an edge. Uh, to simplify it as much as possible. Get a haircut and wear a collar. I think I think <laughs> simplifying it down to get a haircut and wear a collar. It a, a collar makes an enormous difference. If it's a collar on a polo shirt or a collar on a on a proper button-up shirt, wearing a collar it 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 shows a certain level of formality because of what we've developed in society, 
right? That's all it is. It's just become right. a, a, a uniform that you can wear that shows you've got a, um, a level of yeah, formality and presentation and care. Um, it might not be a uniform uniform, like a police uniform or a, or a doctor's uniform or something, but we, we, we all have these uniforms and a collar has come to mean that. And it, it makes an enormous difference. Doesn't matter if it's a short sleeve linen shirt that you're wearing with your bodies down to the beach, put a collar on. Um, that would be my, my one tip. Um, take it. Right. I think the, the care and presentation in, in, in hair makes a big difference. Um, it's, it's again, it's a statement that you make. And if you put no effort into how you present this part of you that is obvious, it's always out. It's very hard to hide it. Um, yep. put the effort into that, then it shows. And it doesn't matter if you don't have glorious hair. <laughs> Only matters if you don't have hair. Yeah, well, if you don't have hair, there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah. But like, if you, it doesn't matter if you don't have glorious hair. It's, I think, it's the effort that 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 shows and that comes through. And you know, it can be the same with with the way you the way you present your body. You yes. know, you, you might not have massive pecs and a rippling six pack, but you put some effort in. You put a little bit of, you know, do a few push ups, go for a few walks. You yep. put that little bit of effort in, makes an enormous difference. Well, psychologically alone, it makes a difference yeah. because you're conscious yeah. of it. Yes. And and okay, you can you can also maybe you can also tie it in with the way, um, you know, when when you travel overseas, you go to a country where you don't speak the language. Mm-hmm. If you try, if you say hello to speak hello to people in French, if you learn to order a beer in Spanish. Yeah. If you if you learn to to ask how somebody's day is in German, they yep. love it. Yep, they appreciate you know, it. They appreciate the effort. Mm-hmm. That's what it's about. It's not necessarily about the result. And I think that you've got to you've got to think about what you're doing when you're grooming and presenting yourself in your dress is okay. Part of you might be doing it for somebody else. You might be doing it for your family, for your partner, your significant other, whatever, so that it's nice for them to look at you because they spend more time looking at you than you do. And you do. That's a really that that is a really really key point. You don't yeah. look at yourself. Other people get to view you, and yeah. you're actually making the effort a for yourself, but b for everybody who has to have you in their presence. Exactly. So you put a little bit of effort in for them, but then also that effort. It, it shows for you. You're like, you know what? I feel good because I went for a walk for an hour this morning and, and I got my heart rate up and I feel really good for what I did for me um, because it helps all of the things, you know. It can help yeah. with the endorphins and all yeah. of that sort of different pieces, but it also shows I'm putting that effort into into my presentation to the outside world. Mm, that's so that really is my – put yep. in a little bit of effort. Wear a, wear a collar and get a haircut. Yeah. Sounds like your dad's talking to you. <laughs> yeah, I can hear my dad saying that, you know, Adrian, put a bit of effort in, get a damn haircut yeah. <laughs> and put a collar on. I got yeah. a question about shirts tucked in or shirts left out. You know, years ago, Ooh. shirts had to be tucked and yep. now shirts can be left out and then also the French tuck. So tell me what your thoughts are on that. 
<laughs> I love yeah, putting you on the spot like this, Pete. I've got to, I've got to think about what what I do. So, I very rarely tuck in a short sleeve shirt. Ah, and there's the distinction: short sleeved. Yep. For me, for me, I won't, I won't tuck in a short sleeve shirt. Um, I will always tuck in a shirt if I'm wearing a jacket or a waistcoat. Yep, so it doesn't yeah. hang out below. Yep. Uh, uh, yep, otherwise it looks like you haven't finished getting dressed. Yep. Like I think the same with a belt. Yes. Yep. Yes. A belt, a belt finishes getting dressed, unless there's certain clothes that don't have a belt, of course, certain pants yep. and stuff. But, yep. Um, yep, a belt finishes that when you're dressing. Um, but then, but then, okay. So quite often, I'll go out with uh, a pair of jeans or a pair of pair of nice shorts, and a shirt, a long sleeve shirt. I'll roll the sleeves up. Sometimes I will tuck that shirt in, um, yep. and sometimes not. Maybe, maybe it's a it's a decision on where you're going. Right, you know, like, that might drive you. Yeah, either way, how formal or informal. Yep. What sort of an image do I want to put across to the people that I am going to be around? Um, yep. One chance to make a first impression. Exactly. I don't have. I don't have a definite answer on the tuck. I'm afraid. It's an interesting. Other thing. than other than you're going to put something on top of your shirt, tuck it in because otherwise you look like you haven't finished getting dressed. Yeah, a sweatshirt or something doesn't matter, but um, I, I agree. Mm -hmm. When you're actually going to dress, like or get dressed properly, um, yep, yep you, you tuck a shirt if you're going to put something else on top of it. And, mm -hmm. yeah, I like that. I like that. That was a really good tip. Um, and you. I think the fact of taking care of yourself is actually a massive tip. You know, be aware of yourself and take care of it. Um, I think yeah. it's a really, a really important one. Yeah. Well, I think there's been a, a, a wealth of knowledge and story and all the rest. And I know we could keep going with a lot more stories on when you get into your could. background and all the rest, but we'll save that for another time. I think that heirloom bespoke clothing is something that is such a gift um, that, you, you. that you produce, yeah. And everybody should really have a piece um, of something like that that is meaningful in their wardrobe that connects them to something of their past or something of a special event of something like that. I think it's a really yeah. wonderful thing. Well, um, most, most people have got something in their home. Yes, they do. You're right. You know, you do. Most, yep. most people have got something. And it can be really simple. You know, a fellow recently came to me because his son had won first place in a swimming race and he, um, he didn't want the ribbon to be hidden away in a photo oh. album or a box or you know just stuck on the fridge and forgotten for the next four years or whatever and so he gives me the ribbon he went and chose some fabric he really liked and I included little pieces of the ribbon in various places on the shirt and so that now he calls it his happy shirt yeah bring he wears it on man because it's now got bits of his son's first place ribbon and every time he wears it he can be like oh look at this and tell people or even just see it himself and be like oh my son won first place in the swimming race. So I've got a little story like that. We Years ago, when I say years ago, probably about uh, maybe about five, six years ago, um, yep. 
my I've got two daughters, um, and we went to uh, we were flying. Uh, we went to France anyway, but t- that was part of the journey. We we're in France, and um, we were at the airport, and we were leaving. I think it was the airport. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We were leaving, and I said to my wife, so my eldest daughter, her name's Paris, and I said to my wife, let's go and buy I Love Paris T-shirts. Let's buy one for Coco and one for each of us, but not necessarily for Paris, and then all put them on. Hang on, hang on. I lost lost the critical part of the story. What did you go and buy? Okay, so we we went and bought Paris T-shirts. Oh, nice. I love Paris on them, yep. you know, the I, big heart, Paris. So we, I bought them for myself, Becky, my wife, and for my daughter, Coco, and we all went and put these T-shirts on, and then we came back. Oh, we, we, we didn't do it there. We got home, I think, and yeah. we, we, we came out with our T-shirts on, and, and she was stunned. She cried, um, partly from sort of confusion. Um, and then the overwhelm of that we had planned it. Yeah. Um, it was so yeah. cool. And yeah. then I I um I I had my other daughters called Coco, named after Coco Chanel, and where Paris was named after the city of Paris. Yeah. And um anyway, with Coco, the girls made me or had me made a t shirt that says I love Coco the same way on yeah, the front no. just like i have an i love paris t-shirt yeah and um it's fun to wear them if coco's doing something really special at school and she's um 10 if if she's doing something special at school or she's going somewhere you know funky or something yeah. i often yeah. will wear my i love coco t-shirt oh, and, number, uh, number one in the cheer squad yeah it's always fun to do you know like it's just one of those things that's uh, a fun way of playing with clothing playing yeah. with clothing and and, yeah. and that point that you made about you're dressing whilst you dress for yourself you also do the world a favor and dress for the people around you that have to spend yeah. time in your company I yeah, think that's really cool so in, in, in 10 years time when you've worn out your Paris and Coco shirts and they're no longer wearable we'll put them, them into together, something we'll, yeah we'll, absolutely we'll, we'll, We'll pop them inside a waistcoat or something like that. So you've got Paris and Coco with you all the time. All the time, absolutely. Um, we're going to post all your social medias, how to get hold of you, um, all that stuff on our Talk Design website. So there'll be a bit of a story piece that goes there and people will be able to find you there. Um, I would encourage any of the audience that wants something really special that they can carry with them, that they get in touch with Pete, talk to him about what could be the story that they wear and let Pete take you on a journey with his magic and create something for you that's really, really special. Thank you very much, Adrian. It's been a pleasure talking to you and just discussing all of these different ideas and philosophies and and thoughts about value and cost and design and everything. It's been wonderful. So thank you very much for the opportunity and um, I look forward to talking to you again soon. Cool, buddy. Thank you so much. Really, really appreciate your time and let's get some more crazy stories going about what people have got and what they've chosen since listening to this. I look forward to hearing about it. Thank you very much. Cool, man. Take care. Have a beautiful day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Richard's Magic Arrows is brought to you by the Architect Marketing Institute.
Clean, simple, sugar-free magic arrows that hit the mark for fast results. Let's fire a magic arrow into this week's problem. Now I know feed pressure is one of the biggest things facing designers. It doesn't matter what level you're at. There is no one golden bullet for it. Uh, if it was, it was probably select the right type of clients. But if you're in a situation where you're being pressured on fees, I'm going to give you a way of dealing with it. And it's by asking, say, three questions. And this is called takeaway selling. So this is where you kind of offer something up and then you take it away and see if they follow you. It's almost like imagine if you had some hot ch chocolate cookies and you had a plate full of them. You put them in front of them, someone and then they went to reach out and then you, you pulled it away and you see if they get up and follow you. It's that type of thing. So this is called takeaway selling. So the first question you ask, you say, well, why don't you just leave the situation as it is? Why, why make the change? That's an unusual thing for a designer to say. Well, why not just leave it as it is? And see how they answer. And then you might say, why did you want to speak to me? Why did you not get someone else? And see if they follow you. See if they answer properly. And the third question would be, well, why not do it later? Now, by asking these negative questions, you're going to get a lot more information out of someone than by trying to convince them to do it. Because by pulling the plate of hot cookies away, they're either going to react or they're not. And if they do react and give you answers and explain why it's important, then what they're doing is telling you how important something is. Now, while these magic arrows are great for fast results, when you're ready to run better quality projects from clients who value great design and are prepared to pay great fees, I've got a special training just for you. Go to archmarketing.org forward slash talk design. Take your magic arrow and fire at will.